This is season seven of Sessions, an impossible comeback story. This podcast is brought to you by Hustler Casino and PokerAds.us. This year, we play the game smarter, with more patience, and we keep a close eye on those who have stood in our way, those who have infringed upon our journey. Doesn't matter how long it takes, we're going to make it across that chessboard. And when we do, we're coming for you, Nits. Every last one of you. Sound guy, congratulations on getting out of jail. Happy to have you back, man. The last drop was rough without you being here. And because you're here in your honor, I'm going to do a real-time update. It is 1.18 p.m. on Thursday, Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. As mentioned, my my coworker is back. He got released. Um, are you gonna you gonna be sober for a while after that beer? Okay, so happy to have him back. Um, I'm recording this before I go play on Thursday Thursday intentionally. I could have recorded last night and went in more rested today, but I've been wound up. I've been carrying some bad energy around, partly due to being on a pretty bad downswing, partly due to being too busy, and partly due to some other shit. I'm aware of it. I can feel it. I just don't have that chill vibe that I like to have. So I decided, you know what? I'll drive up to Long Beach from San Diego and I'll record the Max Payne Monday review. And not only will that hopefully get my mind working in a in a analytical way with regard to poker hands, but I'm hoping this drop will be cathartic for me. Some of my drops are straight up therapeutic. And that's, that's you know, therapy's kind of heavy. It's kind of like, whoa. And, um, you know, it kind of hurts a little bit and it really drains you. But long term, I think it's really good. Um, I just want this one to be cathartic. I just want to, like, take the edge off before I go in and, and get me ready to play. So that's it. Welcome back, sound guy. Did you make any friends in there? Bob? Okay, tell me about them later, all right? Week seven of 50, the sober years, the session. Everyone who has signed up for $4.22 a month or more at patreon.com slash DGAF poker player got three private drops of sessions this week. One Monday, one Tuesday, and one Wednesday. Those drops automatically showed up in their favorite podcast players due to some pretty cool technology called RSS Feed. Basically, once you sign up on Patreon, you click a few buttons and voila, you get all my content. Well over a thousand hours in total at this point. Delivered right to your favorite podcast player. And each private drop, one per week at least, it's been two per week, this week was three, Uh, those automatically get delivered to your favorite podcast player as well. 
And you also get membership to Patron Discord, a place that enables everyone who signs up for my content to discuss various topics, including my content, my play on stream, um, and so on. And, and just topics that have nothing to do with me. Also, it allows them to play poker together, where there no one's making any money off rake. It allows them to bet sports against each other, where there's no vig. It allows them to buy pieces of me when I play on stream for no markup, and so on. There's different tiers at patreon.com slash DGAF poker player. And yeah, but for, for the lowest tier, you get all the content and you get access to Patron Discord. Okay, having said that, let's check out the lineup for Max Payne Monday, February 19th, 2024. The one seat is Crazy Drew. He's a, he's a reg now. He's a Max Payne Monday reg. And he deserves to be. He's a recreational player. He tries, and he's been he's been doing very well overall. And he studies, you know, the opponents and all that. But he, he's fine for the game, and he, with regard to play, and his banter is a plus, and the videos he makes, the hype videos that he makes, um, are fantastic, and those are really important. And as the game runner. Uh, I really appreciate all that. And Crazy Drew, pretty much whenever he wants to play, will play. And he loves the one seat, so that's where he's at. Not many would want to be on my direct right, but it's worked out great for Crazy Drew. I'm in the two seat. That's where I can um, kind of be the host. I can look out. I can get Tita and Louie's attention. I can, you know, look for players that, that might fill in if someone leaves. I can, you know get up and get to rebuy corner quick, which has been very necessary lately, and so on. And the three seat is Way. Way is a fan favorite, no doubt. She is in real estate flipping in Seattle, and she's become a friend. And she wanted the smarter seat. She wanted the three seat on my direct left. Okay, Way, you got it. C4 is Franco. I don't know anything about Franco. Tyler D, who we'll get to in a minute, knows that he's he's a nice guy, um, but he's not he's not like a great fit for these shows because he doesn't have huge social media and he plays solid. And we're looking for crazy players. So what he does is he tries to bring crazy players sometimes. And he brought Franco and another player. So we don't know much about Franco. He's in the four. The five seat is DK, um, the goat of Max Payne Monday. And someone I have an interesting relationship with. I do a lot for him. Um, you know, accom I accommodate him in many, many ways. And we get into it sometimes. And uh, he loves the five seat. Six seat is Kareem. This is another player that Tyler brought. And Kareem is the brother of Driss. Driss is an absolute star for our show. He... Is the, he plays the game like it's, you know, like we're playing for nickels. He doesn't care. He just has fun. He talks shit. He's good looking. He's got all these attributes that you want for a stream player. So his younger brother, you know, yeah, we're going to give him a shot. That's Kareem in the six. Seven seed is Tyler, who, who I already talked about. He's a really good dude, and, and I really like hanging out with him. And, uh, yeah. 
he, he brought them, and, and in, on his left is Nick Fertucci, who I think you'll see try and open up his game on this night a little bit. Maybe maybe been reading some comments. Um, maybe someone talked to him. I don't know. But he def- he definitely opens up his game on this night. And in the ninth seat is Steady. And that is Way's um, significant other. Also has become a friend. It's interesting when you're the host where you meet people and, you know, some of them you're never going to be friends with. And then some of them you're going to be friends with and you're going to go to dinners and you're going to have long talks with and you're going to go out. And then it gets weird when you start playing poker for thousands of dollars. But a thing, something I struggle to remember is these people are all well off, if not wealthy. I'm not. I am still in debt. I am unabashedly staked for these games. And it's my comeback in life, which started out impossible seven years ago when I hit rock bottom and I was in quarter million in debt and still had a huge monthly nut, no bankroll, no trust in the game, nothing. Well, I don't think it's as impossible anymore, but it depends on me doing well in poker. And I, I had a heater when I started playing on the show or a little bit after I started playing on the show, but really haven't been running well for well over a year now. And um, so it hurts when I lose. And I have to remember that I have to play against them. And to them, it's just, it's just like uh, recreation. Okay. So that's steady in the ninth seat. And I'm gonna take a sip of this water and we'll, uh, we'll get into the action. Okay, first hand, Nick opens. I call with pocket fives. I think this is about as standard a play as you could have. Just calling here. DK calls. And we have $390 in the pot. So we play 10, 20, 20. That means 10, 20 are the blinds. $20 big blind ante. And then after one orbit, we put the $40 straddle on and keep it on. And then there's more straddles as well. So it gets to be a pretty big game. Um, I, I, I see people calling it low stakes in the chat. That's funny to me. <laughs> this is not low stakes. People are winning and losing 20K. This game plays bigger than some of the other nights of the week. And like it, last Friday night came dangerously close to having smaller pots than um, the Monday and Thursday game. Just was no action. So this is not low stakes. But anyways, there's 390 in there, three ways. Flop comes 9-8-2, two, two diamonds. Shocker, I didn't flop a set. I've flopped a couple sets in the last couple months, but they're always top set. And I know sometimes it's just be careful what you wish for. Sometimes you flop a set and lose. But, you know, these, these, are, the, these are the dream spots in, in No Limit Hold'em. Little pocket pairs in position against... An opener with a strong range and someone who doesn't like folding DK. So flop a set, you're typically gonna it's typically gonna be incredibly profitable. 390 in there, 98 deuce, two diamonds. They check. I could have the best hand. I'm not betting here. There's merit to it, but I decide not to. Um and, and I'm fine with that. So there's still 390 when the turn is a break. This is the old check back and reevaluate. 
The turn is a two. So nine, eight, two, do two diamonds, just, and then a two. They checked me again. Now I want to bet my fives for protection slash value against draws. I bet 160. DK quickly raises to 320. I don't believe him. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think he would just take this line with a nine. Um and I don't think he'd be doing it with an eight. I could easily have a deuce. He could have a deuce. That's the only value the hand I think he could have. But um I just didn't think he did. I didn't think he had it. So I, I called the check raise with pocket fives on nine eight two two. And then the river is a king, offsuit king. And now he bets, and something about how he bets now. Seems like I'm beat. So I just, I made a point of it to play better than I have been. And I just was locked in on whatever he did on the turn. No, you don't got it. And then when he bets the river, just something about the way he releases the chips. Just his body language, everything. What the fuck? He does have it. And I folded and he had king four of diamonds. If I'm going to grade this hand objectively, this is an A++ if you think about it. Preflop and flop are standard easy. When you bet and call a check raise as played on 9-8 deuce, deuce, and you call a check raise because you know you're good, and then the river is a card that doesn't complete any draws, but you fold correctly, that's just fucking playing perfect is what it is. And it's also, you know, losing a pot that's over a thousand bucks and could get you started in the right direction, but instead gets you stuck out of the gate. And that's, I just couldn't have played this hand better. If, if you really look at it, I Always was in one of the best hand, and when I got fucking fucked on the river, I folded, even though the river card doesn't complete any draws. So I was really happy when I saw what he had later. He showed some weird card to, to Nick, so I didn't know if I was right in the moment. And then when I watched back later, I was. This is the thing that people just don't see. They just, oh, you just lost with pocket fives on a board with three over cards. What do you, you suck. Okay, yeah, you know. Sure, but if you're actually like being thinking critically about hands, I play this one fucking lights out. So I got sucked out on it. And then I didn't didn't even pay off, even though it's a card that you, you should pay off because no draws are completed except for a king high flush draw. And that's what he had. All right, then I have seven five offsuit. I limp. I, I like to limp a lot in these games. It's it makes sense all around to me. Um to limp super wide and dark when I'm in early position. Um, and a bunch of people limp. And then Crazy Drew raises. I fold. And DK, three bets. And then Vertucci puts in the four bet. And then they they both ship it. He calls. He kind of got out of line with pocket fives. He was up against aces and queens. And he spiked a five to win 11K pot, did Vertucci. So he's trying to open up his game. And he gets in with fives, and I'd folded a five against aces and queens, and he binks the set and, and wins the 11K pot. There's so much variance in live poker 
it's incredible. You win this pot, that is huge. You lose it if you're the guy with aces, that's brutal. And, and obviously, DK got cooler by having queens. Um, but, yeah, I'm just kind of trying to... This one's a little more more strat-based than normal, I guess. Because it's just... It's kind of making me ill seeing people be so results-oriented in the chat. And and outside the chat, where they'll be like, you know, oh, you got to just start playing better. And so, okay, well, well, let's review this session. Let's go hand by hand, all the hands I played, and let's see how I did play, actually. The, the first hand... I, call, I called correctly with fives on 9-8-2-2, a check raise, and then I folded on a brick that didn't make any sense aside from completing a king-high flush draw, and that's what it did. Okay, and here is just a limp fold. Um, Ace-10 offsuit, I make it 300, and I get three callers. I flop nothing. 6-4-3. Two spades and a club. I don't. That doesn't mean anything to me. I just check, and, um, you know, you just kind of... This is like a give-up board. Well, the turn... It's not a give up card at all. It's the 10 of spades. So now there are two flush draws out there. Six, four, three, two clubs and a spade. Now turn is a 10 of spades, two flush draws, all kinds of straight draws, and steady bets. And I have top, top. And with a board this wet, and considering I checked back the flop, I'm at the top of my range. And I, I bluff more than anyone, and this is a good spot for me to jam and protect slash get value from, from you know, not only draws, but, but worse tens. And that's what happened. Steady had king 10, and he snap called me, and he didn't hit the king. He was drawing the three outs, where when you jam, sometimes, you know, hands that have a lot of outs fold um, or, or still have to pay a price. And I faded the, the, I faded the three outer. And now I'm winning. And when, you're, when you've been on a downswing, you feel like, oh, if he had more outs than that, I would have lost when you've been running mad. Oh, uh, yeah, I faded the three-outer, and I'm lucky to have faded the three-outer. I'm lucky that turn card came to cooler him, and I'm winning. Eight-six offsuit, limp in there, fold to a raise. Ace-eight offsuit, open, late, and Franco, who's been very, very, very quiet, jams, it turns out he had 10-9 suited, but this is just a fold against him jamming. Um, and then I limp dark. And usually someone raises, not always, but uh, no one raised here. So the blinds are in. And I, I looked down, I have ace-jack. Okay, that's a hand. Obviously, I would have raised. Probably wouldn't have changed anything. Everyone would have just called um, my open instead of just limped in. Ace-six-six. They check. I check here. This is what's called a... There's no flush draw. It's a way ahead, way behind spot. And if you check in this kind of game, people are going to start bluffing often. Turns a seven. Steady bets 120. Keep in mind, steady just got stacked. Steady got stacked by my ace 10. He bets here 120. The river's a four. He bets 800. I call, obviously. I check back the flop, call the 120. Rivers of four, he bets 800. I don't love it. Sure, he could have made a straight, could have a six. Could also just have anything here. This is this game. Max Payne Monday. And I just, I pay it off. People bluff all the time here. 
And when I was watching back, Raver was saying, is he ever bluffing? Think about it, DGAF. Is he ever bluffing? Raver is a friend of mine. He's asked me to give him honest feedback on his commentary. And I used to tell him all the time, dude, you're, you're so results-oriented and you're talking to the chat way too much. You're turning it into a podcast. And he took that feedback and got much better. Very entertaining. A lot of people think that. On this night, I feel like, I feel like he regressed. And he said he was like drinking beers up in the booth. I never do that. He, this is absurd commentary. Is he ever bluffing? Dude, anyone that I invite on this show is bluffing. Anyone. So stop with that question. This isn't the fucking Wednesday night game where people are jamming 25K and they're never bluffing. This is Max Payne Monday with a bunch of rich people sitting with three or 4,000. They're, they're, are they ever bluffing? They're often bluffing. And so, uh, you know, and Gameflow is, is good for, for Eddie to run some kind of crazy bluff. And yeah, he bluffs very often. And the, pro, and the reason I'm saying this is because Raver likes this feedback. He listens to the pocket. He, he doesn't care. He's not sensitive. He wants it. And also the problem with it is that everyone watching who doesn't play poker, you know, very much just believes it. Oh, this guy's never bluffing. This is a punt. No, he's he's not. <laughs> this is a very overbluffed spot, I should say. And this is a guy not only capable, but who, who does it all the time. Okay, so, you know, that that's a setback. And then I think it was a couple weeks ago where I said I'm going to start playing a little bit better I, I purposefully or purposely play my b minus game on stream i think that's fair well in a big downswing i decided i'm gonna play my b plus game because everyone's going for it against me i'm gonna play my b plus i'm not gonna grind i'm, I'm not gonna have good hand selection that, that would be sniping i don't snipe um and so there's some limps, and Nick raises on the button, and Steady calls quickly the small line. I have 6-4 offsuit. Something about Nick's raise seemed really weak, and Steady's quick call is always going to be pretty weak. And I have 6-4 offsuit, and so I just raise to a scary amount. If I go too big, Nick might play back at me, or, or Steady might. But let's go to a scary amount. I think I think Nick went to 340 and uh steady called and I went to 1170. Um or maybe Nick even went to 430 or something. But it wasn't too huge of a squeeze out of position and they both folded. I just manufactured $700 based on live reads. And that's important. I just lost, you know, a, a thousand or so with ace jack against seven six on a six six seven four after we limped around pre but uh, i was okay with that in a very over bluff spot against a very bluffy opponent i was fine with it and now i just manufacture 700 bucks here with nothing with a folding hand and another thing i said well part of playing a little bit better is i'm gonna i'm gonna squeeze more selectively 
I'm not just going to squeeze every single good squeeze spot where someone opens and everyone calls. There's merit to just like squeezing every single time there and just hope you run into like the lower part of someone's opening range. And then if you get past that, you usually get past everyone else. But no, I'm doing it when I have like a read that whoever opened is weak. And I did and it worked. So I don't really have any issues with how I'm playing thus far. Let's take a sip of water and see how we go from here. I raised with Ace-4 suited, and it gets squeezed to 920, and I, I might have three bet Ace-4 suited, but it gets squeezed to 920 and steady calls, and I call uh, in position. Ace-4 suited, three ways, 3,000 in there. Comes Queen-4-3, Franco checks, and uh, steady bombs it, and I have to fold. Steady had Queen-Jack suited. It's a very good hand. Franco had Ace-4 suited. Same hand as me. This is all variance. And just losing a thousand in it in the most automatic way possible. You know, if it comes with my suit, I do, you know, or or doesn't hit a queen, then I, then I get, the, you know, at least half the pot. And there, there's just so much variance. This is automatic. Lose a thousand bucks, automatic. Queen seven of clubs, I'm in there. I flop nothing. Fold. DK has had an interesting start. He's made quads. He's had big hands. They've lost. Um, he has 190 left. So he just goes all in as the big blind, and we all kind of just give him action. I had 10-7 offsuit, and I, uh, you know, I, didn't, I didn't make anything. And I wrote when I was reviewing this. So I review with the chat open, and I wrote, what the fuck are the mods doing? They're moderators. They're not just special chat pros. They're moderators. And I think their job is to keep the chat fucking chill and not toxic. I know Raver actually likes the chat to be toxic. He comes from like the YouTube world. I fucking hate it. I'm old school. No one like talks shit before the internet. I mean, if they did, they would have to, like, face the consequences. Internet lets everyone talk shit, and it's such an avalanche. It just starts with one person saying something, and then another, and another, and suddenly there's a whole wall of fucking haters <laughs> rolling down the mountain. Uh, it's not for me, but but I have to make peace with it. I really need to make peace with it. That just fucking ignore the chat when I'm commentating. No, what's up, DGAF? No, 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 no. Fucking don't don't do that bullshit with me. So I need to be better, but I just to me it's like gross. Um, DK is on tilt, and I'm in there with six four, and Nick's in there with something, and it comes ten six deuce and DK continuation bets. I think you're gonna call here with middle pair i pick up it's all clubs it, it's debatable but it's again it's not i'm not playing against fucking dylan flashner here who's just gonna have good hands it's dk so he can have fucking anything and i turn a gutter uh a gut shot straight draw i pick up the gut shot straight draw so i call again over call 
you're just going to have a lot of equity against DK's range. It just so happened he flopped a flush, and I was drawing dead on the turn. Um, I folded the river, but, uh, I mean, this is fucking, this is variance. So I don't really have one issue with how I've played a hand yet. And long-time listeners know if I play like shit, I'll say I play like shit. And I have a very trained eye. I, I know I see variance instead of just winning and losing. You won, you played great. You lost, uh, you punted it off. I saw on Friday night when Rampage was playing, he was running into it in the weirdest fucking ways, and no one is acknowledging it. They're just calling him a punter. I mean, he, he probably grew up in the YouTube. I mean, he definitely did, and he, he probably doesn't care, but it's just, like, so ridiculous. You think Rampage sucks at poker? You're silly. He's just running into it in every weird way possible on Friday night. And yeah, he's going for it. And he just happens to be up against hands that can call, but a lot of the range can't call. And just someone needs to acknowledge that at, at one point. Or they don't. I need to actually never look at the chat is what, what needs to happen. But yeah. So it's just kind of a, a, a hate farm in there. And, 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 like, if you ever hear, is this guy ever bluffing? Well, you know, on certain nights, maybe that's a, a question to ponder. If it's Max Payne Monday or Thirsty Thursday, the answer is always yes, or they just wouldn't be on the show. They would never be on the show unless they want a drawing. Like, maybe maybe when we, when we pick someone off the floor to play in that promotion, okay, maybe that's a valid question then. But we're all human eventually we all bluff and people like eddie and dk yeah i think i think they are ever bluffing just to answer the question all right so my stack has been whittled down a little bit i bought him for 3500 just trying something new it's been whittled down and i limp pocket jacks early position way raises everyone calls this is a fantastic spot for me to jam. I'm pretty balanced here. And um, that puts Way in a tough spot. When she has a hand like 10s, she's going to have to uh, get it all in. And she did. And DK got all in with 8s. And it's, you know, not a huge pot. But it's 85-70 in the middle. I have pocket jacks. Way has 10s. DK has 8s. She spikes a 10 and holds. If I win with pocket jacks against 10s and 8s all in, which can happen, and like the superstars of poker, it always happens. Oh, you know, and they win with the, the, the other hands too sometimes. But if I win that, I'm up 5,000. And that's momentum and... A little weight off your shoulders in the midst of a downswing and everything else. But I lost. I lost with the bigger pair after running bad in just about every single hand up to this point. Fuck it. Go to rebound corner. That's what you do best. And I wrote something about some chatter named Viking Nomad. That I'm not going to read. Because I, <laughs> I reviewed this when I was angrier. And I'm trying to not be angry going into my session tonight. So Viking Nomad, you live your life, man. You project 
all you want in the chat. Do it. You're right. You're, I'm sure you're a great poker player and a great person. And that's what great poker players and great people do is they project their hate on everyone. And congratulations. There, I said it a different way. The first thing I wrote was blank my blank. I didn't say that though, did I? Okay, come back from rebuy corner with 4,000 more. And just, you know, just kind of card dead and see Kareem running super hot. Not really playing a bunch, but running super hot. He turns a set against top pair and Vertucci pays him off. Is this guy ever bluffing? Well, he's Driss's brother. Like, probably he is. And when someone turns a set, that is the hardest thing to read in poker. So I think it's fine to stack off a top pair because here's how it works. You know on the flop you're good. You just, every poker player would probably agree. You Sometimes you just know you're good. And the turn is some weird fucking card that makes, it doesn't complete any draws. And now the guy, like, shows aggression. Is he spazzing? Or sometimes they turn to set. Probably more often than we like to admit they turn to set. But that's just impossible to read or really hard to read. Um, but he, this guy's having a different variance experience than I am. Kareem is. So what am I going to do? I'm going to squeeze with King 8 offsuit and just win $300. When it's, when it's out there for me, I'm going to take it. And, and I did. And now Crazy Drew opens, doesn't seem strong. I 3-bet with Ace-10. Do I always three bet him with these 10? No, but I did here. And he calls. The flop comes King Jack X, and he donk bets into me for less than half pot. King Jack X. And I believe there's two hearts out there. Could I have the best hand? I could. Could have a flush draw. Is it less than half pot, and I'm drawing to the nuts against someone who will never fold if they have something, and I spike? And, and I probably, if I'm up against a king, it's not ace-king. So now we're looking at seven outs. I think anyone on the planet here is calling with seven outs for less than half pot on the flop. And Raver goes, uh, DGAF hates the fold to Drew. And I know, I'm the opposite of Raver. I'm very sensitive to, to toxic shit. And he doesn't mean anything bad by it, but it really just causes all these other people. It starts the avalanche. Dude, no one's fucking folding ace-10 on king-jack-3 to Drew's less than half pot donk. I'm sorry. No one is. Not one player. No. It would be the worst fold. So I call. The turn's a jack. He checks. I'm going to check here. He's not folding a king, and I'm beating the other stuff he has. And, and, you know, if he has a jack that he donked, obviously, then I'm, you know, in a lot of trouble. But just, you know, give me an ace or queen. The river's a king. Okay. And now he bets. Well, we thought his range was a king or a flush draw. Flush draws bricked out. Should we pay him off here with ace high? No. Because we're, we're, we're focused. And it seems like he just has a boat. And we fold and he shows king, queen. Let's rewind this hand. Three bet with ace-10 in position against king-queen. Favorite and even more favorite being in position with being, you know, the pre-flop aggressor. Okay, he outflops you. King-jack-x. There's, there's hearts out there. He flops top pair. He had king-queen. 
He bets less than a half pot. You call. You have seven outs. We still have two cards to come. And, and one of the cards is going to be a death card for him. The queen will be a death card for him. That'd be top two against a straight. He's giving me all the chips. Turns a jack. He checks. Do I need a bluff here? No, you don't bluff here. When you have a bluff catcher, at least I don't bluff here. Um, yeah. He, against a guy who's not folding anything better <laughs> or calling with worse, I, I usually check in those spots. I did. And the river's a king. Okay, well, you know, that makes it tougher for him to have a king when there's two of them out there. And if he donked into me with something weird, like some pocket eights or something weird on the flop or hearts, I got the best hand. But no, I think he just has it. I fold and he had it. I played this hand optimally. That's how I'm going to say it. It's just, but I lost again. Because the guy that I isolated made a full house. And when you're running bad, that's what they do. And it's time for my best play. It's at 147.37 if you want to check it out. There's some limpage, and I make it 200 with ace-3 suited. Hey, man, even fucking Mariano raises his hand. Instead, he calls out of position. There's 570 in the middle. Queen, jack, six, two clubs. He checks. I decided to bet 400 into 570. I'm going to take some free cards on the turn. If if I don't take it down now and I think he flopped, you know, a queen or whatever, I'm going to take free card because I don't have fold equity on the turn. Well, he calls. And I just, I don't know, I played a lot. And I just think he has an open ender, probably king 10 and maybe 9-10. And I just really, really think that. Okay, so my ace high is actually good. And it's queen, jack, six, two clubs. And the turn is a six. He checks. Well, do I want to take my free card? I could. But my read's so good that he has king 10. That, ch that changes things for me. And there's definitely merit to checking back when you think the guy has king 10 because he could hit as you hit a flush. He could um, bluff on bricks. But there's also merit to, oh, wait a second. There, there's 1370 in there. I don't trust this fucking dealer. The dealer is going to put a straight or a pair out there for him and he's not folding. And um, I bet 1200 into 1370. I'm ready to stack off. I'm essentially all in, but it looks stronger than going all in. Which, just in case, you know, I'm wrong, like in case he has a jack. I knew he didn't have a queen, but I thought he had king 10 or 9 10. In case he has a jack, this will work too. So it's just like, this is. And most of the time, you're just taking your free card. No, fuck that. I three bet pre or I squeeze pre flop, queen jack six. When the six comes, if I have an over pair, like, you know, in theory, I could have. I never do, but in theory, I could. Well, then this is just a real bad card for him because now all, if he has a jack or a queen, all his two pair outs are gone. And I just was pretty sure he didn't have a queen. thought it was king 10 or 9 10 and maybe a jack. And this $1,200 bet on the turn fucking just ends it and, and, and gives me a nice little, you know, $1,000 profit with nothing again, with no hand. And he had king 10, folded. And then he ran a crazy bluff. A thousand, a thousand on the river, like multi-way, just insanity. 
living his fucking life was steady. And there's there's like no recall. Like, wait, you know, you want I want to be like, Raver, this is the guy you said is he ever bluffing? He just ran an insane bluff. And then later he ran a, an even more insane one against Nick Vertucci. Guess what? The answer is actually yes. He is ever bluffing. And instead of, you know, implying he never is, and I was like, oh, you fucking punt paying him off. No, he deserves to get paid off when he bets in a super overbluffed spot and you're at the top of your range and he just got stacked. He does, you know, and that was before. And so it's just, I'm letting it out a little bit right now because I got to get calm before I go play. I limp, 10-8 suited. It's a good hand. I flop fucking nothing. Shout out Sinead O'Connor. Four deuce offsuit in there. Flop bottom pair. Call once. Fold turn. King six of diamonds in there. Flop bottom pair plus backdoor flush draw. Call once. Fold turn. Okay. The dealers are not giving me the best hand. They gave me the best hand once with ace 10. And yeah, I had the best hand with ace high, ace three against king 10. But you know what I mean? It's I can't win the traditional way. So I manufacture another pot. And now I open King Deuce offsuit late. It's a stream play. Way calls, Franco calls, and it comes King Queen X. And we put it in a bet each. And I'm starting to think Way has Jack 10, and I have no idea what Franco has. He flatted preflop. Um,. Yeah, and, and the turn is a brick, and I and I decided to just bet my top pair for value slash protection, and they both called, and he called with $140 left, and then the river's a brick. He bet the 140 Yeah, I have top pair call. She folded. She had Jack-10 like I thought. He had ace-king, so he also had top pair. He outkicked me. He didn't raise pre-flop. He just called my open. This is like, you know, what the fuck, man? There's no way anyone's reading this guy for ace-king here. He could have a million different hands, and I guess ace-king is one of them. And it's just a weird kind of... It's just a weird kind of cooler. It, it really is. You flop top pair, and you, one of your opponents for sure has a draw, and the other opponent is new to poker, and you have no idea what the fuck he's calling you down with. And, you know, you value time yourself sometimes. It's reverse implied odds of playing, um, you know playing king two offsuit. But, you know, king jack suited would have also lost to his hand in the same fashion. It just would have looked better. All right, so I'm whittled down, and someone opens. I called queen jack offsuit. Bunch of people are in there, and now um, Kareem, three bets, smallish, out of position. Uh, I don't love this. This guy doesn't seem like his brother at all. But, you know, I have a sample size of about an hour. So who knows? The guy, the guy filmed his his uh, hype video on a private jet. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if this is just... His friend just clicked, clicked buttons with Ace-King. I have no idea what he's doing. Whatever, I'm in there. It's like five or six ways, and then now it's a bloater. And I have like less than pot left with Queen-Jack. It comes Queen-7-7, seven, seven, and he continuation bets into the field kind of want to fold i think i'm beat probably but then again i've played one hour with this guy if it's someone like that i've played with more if it's jeremy continuation betting here 
I'm folding. I'm folding, you know, because he's always going to have an overpair or a better queen. But I have queen jack, queen seven seven. It's just, it's just one of those, and I have like less than pot. I just have to like put it in and pray that Driss's brother is somewhat like Driss, you know, the guy that filmed his hype video on a on a private jet, that he might have continuation bet something that doesn't beat Queen Jack. Well, he has kings, and, and so I'm drawing to a queen, and he tries to slow roll me, but I, I, I didn't love it at all. But that was it for the second buy-in. Back to rebuy corner, I go. And yeah, my ass crack shows when I go there. You're welcome. Down 7,500. Just this crazy fucking game. And then I get 10 8 of clubs. Remember I had 10 8 of spades and I flopped nothing? I flopped nothing here again. Great. I make it 300 with ace, nine of clubs. I get called by five worse hands. I flopped nothing again. Mods are trolling me. That's good. The mods are trolls. I have to embrace this. I need to stop... Trying to change what's not going to change. It's the chat is fucking toxic. It just is. Dana Craven does a good job of getting, you know, the fucking haters deleted and hidden. But I see other mods that are just, they're just blue haters, all they are. They're, they're hater raiders. They're not moderators, haterators. Steve from Chicago seems like a nice guy. He's a troll now. This is what the internet does. I don't know. I need to not look at it. When I'm commentating, when I'm playing, I tried. I fucking tried. I, I do love a lot of people in there, but it's so toxic, it's fucking terrible for me. And, and DK gets lucky against Steady and gets weird with him. How did that taste? That was weird. DK was... In a weird mood. I have 10-6 suited in a bloater. Comes king 8-5. They checked to me. Kareem was a pre-flop raiser. Well, he's up a ton now. He's he's run like the sun. It's clear he's not Driss. I'm, I'm going to be in there in position often with him. And I'm going, the plan is just to like run him over. So I start with a bet. And he calls and steady calls. And I just... Part of running people over is you bet you don't just bet once. But when Kareem calls, I feel like he just flopped another fucking set. Just set, set, set. And I just shut it down, even though they checked me again. And he had pocket eights. So he flopped another set. And, you know, the term was a five. And the river was a six. I just never, you know, I just never put a chip in. And, yeah. And then I get pocket eights. Okay. I raise DK with a small three bet. Mm, doesn't mean much. But everyone calls. I think it's best to just call here. Maybe if I'm winning, I put in a four bet. If I have chips. But, you know, it's definitely an okay four bet spot. But the, the one problem is Tyler D called cold. He called three bets cold. He's going to, his range is going to be pretty strong, actually. So I think it's an overplay to format the eights. I'll just call. Maybe I'll flop a set and make a boat like Kareem did. Nope. The flop comes a 6-3. DK bets. I decided I'm going to call him. I didn't think he had much. Pre-flop and 
his bet on the flop doesn't convince me of anything. We are playing the seven deuce game, keep in mind. Well, now Tyler goes all in. Okay, I have to fold. And Tyler had ace queen and DK had seven four, and no one else had anything. I don't, am I playing bad? I think I'm actually playing like, yeah, I'm playing spewy hands, some of them, and, and you know, realizing the reverse implied odds of doing so. But what do you mean? I just had eights in a multi-way bloater and got out flopped. Ace nine suit against a bunch of shitty hands. Don't flop anything. I, I keep having suited one gappers, flopping nothing. It's, I think I'm just like, you know, it's a joke. I'm just running bad. I think I'm just fucking running bad, despite what the commentator in the chat is saying. Think so. And then I run good in a hand. Well, I'm a flip situation against someone in double board, PLO bomb pot, maybe Kareem. And I win 2000 and I really needed it. And entering the chat is Eldar, another haterator. Not a moderator, but a blue troll. I've ace three off suit, flop nothing. I've jacked nine in a four way bloater on the equity favorite, nothing. King three of clubs, I flop a flush draw, call twice, and Tyler gives up. He had a worse draw, a straight draw, and that's nice. I needed that. It was a nice break from just, you know, it would have been nice to, to make a hand and, you know, make a hand against a hand would have been cool, but it's nice to just win one. And then I have eight three suited, four ways, nothing. It's not a good hand, but you're just in there, and sometimes you, you can make hands with it. And then I saw something really cool in the chat. Daniel DeBugnara is the guy that always says video hand. And he was a favorite. And then something happened, I think, on Twitter, and he started taking out on everyone in the chat. And, and like, DMing me and, like, taking it way too far. And I was just, no, nah, man, okay, you, 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 you need to, like, you need to chill. And he was going off on Dana over and over and wouldn't let it go. And I saw on this day, she gave him a, a chat pro membership. That's like forgiveness and like moving on and generosity. And that shit is cool. I know Dana catches some shit for being too strict. Uh, I don't think so. Like err on that side. Because if you turn it into a cesspool, uh, I'm going to keep playing. I just have to be smarter. Enough. But a lot of people stop playing because of the chat. People ask, oh, where's Margot? What do you mean? Look at the chat. Where, where are all these other women? Look what the chat did. Why is she on the show? Like, where are these people? You ran them off. You, by projecting your fucking own misery into that chat box. We all have shit. I try and spew it out in this podcast. Unabashedly. Unabashed. Unabashed. I don't go... <laughs> in a chat box, but I get it, it's just, it's what it is, and I need to accept it, but I just wanted to give Dana a shout out for that, I saw it, oh, this guy that was driving us insane, you just gave him, you just paid, you know, a few, five bucks or whatever, to get him a membership, um, that's pretty cool, in a lot of ways, queen seven of hearts, three ways, flop nothing, okay, DK raises, I call with nine six offsuit, it's not a great hand, he had 7-4 offsuit, and it came 7 high. And he bet, I folded. And I went to take a break just to go to the bathroom and came back, and Wei was stacked. Wei, 
got stacked by Vertucci with two pair and a flush draw against a straight. Just cooler. And then I see DK flopped another set. Just so many sets. And, and you know, once you turn a certain age, well, no, DK, I guess, is past that. But when I was a new pro, I flopped sets all the time. And then I went a very long time flopping an incredibly low frequency of sets. And then I was flopping some, and now I only flop them like the dumb ones. Like you have pocket kings against, you know, 6-5, and it comes like king 2-2 two, two, or whatever. So speaking of kings, well, no. Um, I'm in there with 8-5. I flopped nothing again. I mean, these aren't good hands, but I'm just telling the story of these hands could all, like, yeah, you don't expect to flop something every time with these hands or, or win a pot with them. But you expect, you know, like 5% of the time. <laughs> um, Tyler flops a set against two pair, wins a nice pot. Franco doubles up with kings. And you're just, you're just, it's a, it's a sense of entitlement that's almost impossible to fade. Almost everyone who's in poker, entrenched in poker, has run above expectation lifetime. That is my very firm belief because I've been around long enough to know those who haven't are gone. Even really, really good players, those who haven't are gone. And I ran top 5% one year, 2007, 2008. And for many years of my career, even when I started to run bad, I'd say overall I've still run above expectation. It's close now. For me. But. Yeah. that That's. When you play poker. You're, it, it's. What's it called? Survivorship bias. You're always around sunrunners. And so if you're just like. You know. If you're just kind of entrenched. If you've been in the game. And you're stuck in the game. Well you're always going to be around sunrunners. And you're often going to be around rich kids. And that's just. You got to deal with that shit. But I also want to change my luck. In a way, luck too. And I said, what should we do to change our luck? And I said, or she said, what should we do to change our luck? I said, I think I should knock over Drew's chips. So I knocked them over. I pretend like I was demonstrating something with my right hand. Knocked over all his chips. And now it's time for the hand of the night. The people involved are Tyler, who just won a nice one. Crazy Drew, who's up a bunch, but his chips are a fucking mess in front of him because I knocked him over. He's done that to me. Myself, you know, grizzled fucking vet, showing his ass crack every five minutes, going to get chips from Rebuy Corner. Way, sweet way, who just got cooler by Vertucci for all of it. And who else? Is that it? DK. No, not DK. Just us four. Tyler winning. Drew winning. Me stuck like a pig. Way stuck like a baby pig. Okay, so Tyler opens to $140. Crazy Drew calls. I look down at King Five of Diamonds. This is the hand of the night. I usually do my best play, my worst play. I did my best play. It was that Ace Three of Clubs. I'm just doing this as hand of the night to think about, to really get you thinking because why not it's never too late to actually think about poker critically poker hands you love it 
Well, if you want to, you don't have to, but if you want to, here's an exercise for you. First thing you factor in is player capabilities, tendencies, frequencies, right? Oh, this person's loose. This person's bluffs. Like, you're playing as Luda. Oh, I'm probably not folding much. I'm probably not, you know, going for thin value when, when, it, when I'm going to be capped because he's going to put me... You know this about certain people. You know, like, uh, Big John, I'm not trying to get him to fold top pair. You know different players, like DK, I'm not trying to get him to fold top pair too often. Occasionally I am, but not too often. Um, and the next thing you factor in is what's going on the game flow. Well, I just, Tyler just ran hot. Crazy Drew's winning. He's on a fucking crazy heater. And me and Way are stuck and trying to, trying to like claw our way out. We're going to be more inclined to make moves. Okay, that, that's it. Now the cards are dealt. And Tyler goes to 140. And Drew calls. And I call with King Five of Diamonds. This, this is automatic on stream. And I am in on the button. Way in the small blind raises to 600. Small-ish three bet. Okay, well, she, she knows how to play. You know, she got coached by Alec Torelli. She's going to have, you know, she's going to have some hands in here. It's not just going to be aces and kings for sure. It's going to be, you know, tens plus, maybe nines plus, um, and, you know, some suited connectors and whatnot. Ace, ace X suited and, you know, ace king, of course, ace queen, maybe even ace jack. Eh, probably not East Jack. But anyway, she goes to 600. And the three of us call. Tyler, who opened, calls. Drew calls. And I call. There's 2460 in the middle. And I say I have the best hand. Spoiler. I did have the best hand. And I say, wait, your hand's not that good. I just don't think it's aces or kings. It could be a hand like jacks, to be honest. Flop comes, ace, king, nine, rainbow. When I say the best hand, by the way, I was joking. <laughs> I didn't think I had the best hand, but I I didn't think Drew had much. I didn't think Tyler had much, and I wasn't sure about way. But I just, you know, it didn't seem like aces or kings. It didn't seem like it had to be nutted. So 2460, it comes ace, king, nine, rainbow. She checks. With three players to act after building a $2,500 pot. Curious. This is... What? Well, she's betting top pair, I believe. I don't think she's pot controlling against three players. She doesn't really do that. So it's a trap or it's a miss. Trap or miss. Tyler checks. Crazy Drew checks. I don't need to bet here with second pair, no kicker. I need to check one time and reevaluate. The old, like I did with fives the first hand of the night. Okay, so I check back. There's still 2460 in the middle. The turn is a 10. I was, I thought I had the best hand on the flop. Turns a 10 and way checks again. Okay. Tyler checks and Drew check. They, I'm almost writing them off as having. Uh, like no chance of having a better hand than me, Tyler and Drew. Because here's why. In a four-way pot, people fucking bet their good hands. 
If not on the flop, then on the turn. They bet their good fucking hands. And yeah, it's it's a Badoogie board, meaning four different suits. Ace, King, Nine. Everyone checked. Turn 10. They've checked to me again. Okay, well now, some of their hands have gut shots. And, you know, it's time for me to bet about half pot. And just kind of protect my hand. And, and fold out the, you know, the gut shots and whatnot. Way calls. Tyler and Drew fold. The river is an eight. Way bets 2,500. She bets half pot. Okay, if you want to go back to the fundamentals. When someone bets half pot, your hand needs to be best one in four times. What does that mean? That means you expect to lose but still call. It means you can expect to lose and still call. You don't always, but you can. Because you only have to be best one in four times to make it profitable or neutral if it's exactly half pot. But, you know, you, you get what I'm saying. So is King 5 good? One in four times here. Well, there's a there's a lot to consider. She's very capable. She ran a huge bluff the night before, which wasn't on stream. This is an incredibly weird line she's taken. And meanwhile, when I bet the turn, Raver Raver said, "DGF always has a knack for picking the worst spots." the fuck are you talking about it checked around on the flop it checked to me again on the turn king five is going to be good very very often aces pocket aces that shit is betting the turn i promise you pocket kings betting the turn i promise you ace king betting the turn i promise you the other sets betting the turn so when they didn't bet the turn i bet for the reasons I mentioned. I should have the best hand here. I thought I had the best hand on the flop. How does the fucking 10 change it? Unless way has pocket 10s. But then when I bet, she's going to raise. You can't just call out a position with a set two pair. No, you can't. No, Or, or no one's doing that four ways. No one is taking... Any of the hands that beat me and, and playing like weighted, build the big pot, check it out of position four ways, check it again after it checks around and just call when the last guy, me, the most wide open guy on the planet, bets half pot. Well, I could have open-enders, that, that's the main concern, is that I could have open-enders here, and, and you're just, and then the other concern is that I'm not going to bet the river if you just call. So, but she just called. So this is interesting. What would she do with jacks or queens? Remember she threw at the 600 preflop. Jacks or queens, I think she would check the flop check the turn 
and now she's picked up a gutter against the most bluffy person on the planet. I think she would call the turn. She's got a gutter. And now when the river's an eight, might she just click a button and bet a half pot? Um, yeah, she might. She definitely might. Do I love it? No. Am I getting a good price? Does my hand need to be best one out of four times? That's the fucking math of it. And, and as I'm thinking about all this stuff and deciding to put in the call, Raver's saying, oh, is he going to turn this into a bluff? No, man, I'm not turning it into a bluff. Oh, a call here is an absolute punt. No, you know what it is? It's fucking playing poker. It's playing beyond my hand bad. My hand not so good. $2,500 a lot. It's who are the players in the pot? What's been going on with them? That's the game flow. Tendency, game flow. It's okay, what's her range? I'm not really worried about the other two people's range. What's her range? On the flop, sure. She has some monsters in there. She also has hands that didn't hit that flop. Jacks and queens, for sure. And when she checks the turn, okay, now now it's really unlikely that she has a set or two pair. I bet she calls. Okay. If she did get super tricky with a set or two pair, she would check raise there. Okay, but she just calls, and now she leads half pot on the river. Guess what? I ran into her only value hand that can play that way. Queen Jack suited. And if you're going to make the bulk of ways, three betting range, Queen Jack suited, God bless your soul. Yes, she can have that hand. She could also have jacks or queens. And it's a call. It's a call pre. And then another call on the button. It's a check back on the flop. It's a bet on the turn. And it's a call on the river. And it's an absolute punt. Sometimes he has live reads. No, this isn't a live read. This is, it's playing poker. It's, it's, analyzing a hand in the moment at the table while you're drinking beers and you're stuck and you've run like shit all day. There's no punt. And, but the chat follows along and I saw, you know, hideous, that's really bad. You know, oh, he got a self-tell and, and Eldar's in there. What an ass. And someone's saying his t-shirt mirrors his thought process. And I need, you know, I need to not read this because I am a sensitive person. But it's not like sensitive, like I'm pussy. Like, no, no, you guys never say this shit to me in real life. But it fucking angers me that people sell this shit on the, the internet. And I have some PTSD from the Jack Four nonsense, of course. But I, I, I already, I left. So this hand aired an hour later. And I just, I couldn't take it anymore. The game was moving slow. It's just, I couldn't take it. And so I'm in the chat. And, and Raver, I said, I, she has one value hand, idiot. And Elder says, you suck. And someone says, what are her bluffs? Her bluffs are queens and jacks. Her value hand is queen jack suited. Every other hand plays differently. People are, oh, Eldar is right here. And Eldar, bringing up personal stuff. How many backers do you have left after that one? Look, man, just because you can't think about a poker hand... Just because you play on level fucking one doesn't mean like I'm gonna I have to do that. Like, 
This hand no good. Fold. No. How do you choose the worst eight players and still lose? Ha, ha, ha. And, and Dana is trying to moderate him, but he's a moderator too. And he's saying, shut the fuck up to Dana Craven. <laughs> DGF, answer me. Raver, I love you. I love you too, Eldar. Uh, we'll have a baby. We'll name him DGAF. Where'd DGF go? Eldar, he ran. Where'd he go? Poker hospital. This lineup's too tough for him. Man. I got to accept it that this is the chat on Hustler Casino Live. I don't have to like it, but I have to accept it. And I have to accept that my struggle in life and finance is different. Well, it's probably similar to many of you listening. But these people, these poker people, uh, I want to see the receipts on how they made their money. And if it's, you know, their parents gave it to them or whatever, you're lucky. That's the goal. I want to, I want my kids to be set. When I, hopefully, somehow, some way, if I ever climb out of debt and accumulate wealth, that's the goal, of course. There's no shame in, you know, having rich parents that set you up for life. But it's just kind of gross when, when those people are hating on the ones that do need to have backers even though I'm a winning player because I have real life expenses and, and I don't know. It's fucking gross, man. I'm not going to lie. It, it is fucking gross. And uh, I have to accept it. That's that's it. That's the Hustle Casino Live chat. So if, if it's toxic for me, I just, even though I love a lot of people in there, I just need to ignore it. No. Mm-mm. So uh, I, I'm, I need to make that, you know, decision. And, and uh, you know, if, if you find yourself in toxic situations, whatever they might be, it's up to you to stay in them or, or not. And I don't know. Let's run through the goals real quick. I thought this one would be shorter, but I had to get some shit out before I go play poker. It's now 2.27 p.m. I got to be on stage in an hour and three minutes. I got so much to do. I got to produce. I got to shower. I got to go to the bank. I got to eat. Good luck, me. Um, my goals are 61, 22, 40. Three numbers. I want to win 60% of my sessions on stream. I've won 6 of 11 thus far. So that's what a downswing looks like for me. This session, I don't have, I don't have an issue with how I played one hand. I couldn't find. And, and I don't think I'm like one of those people that can't be objective. I can't. It's variance. I don't expect people to understand it. 120, 6120. So I'm off the, the 60%. 6 of 11. Hopefully I'll get a W tonight, make that 7 to 12. Um, 120. I want to have 120K debt or less. It's at 190, 275. I want to weigh 240 pounds. I weighed myself this morning 260.1. So I'm up my, my highest ever, my peak. That's not great, but it's a story. And I'm not ashamed of it. It's just, you know, you do, you do what you can do and you, you, you know, look at things objectively and, and yeah. And f as a reminder, for less than five bucks a month, you get lots and lots of content. You get my whole life story. You get, you know, the gritty details. And if you want that, maybe consider signing up. 
If you haven't already, at patreon.com slash DGAF poker player. Super easy, super cheap. And now I got to go play Thirsty Thursday. And, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play how I do. I'm going to, you know, think about hands. I'm going to think about what they have, what they don't have, and what they're capable of. And maybe that'll work out well. Maybe it won't. Who knows?